And we're back. We're back. So soon. So soon. Yeah, yeah. It, it actually, uh, bouncing off of the other, we had such a great experience uh, that we had to, we had to, dear seven listeners, although since we haven't posted in a while, I bet you it's six now. Yeah. I have a feeling. And one of them is my mom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, hi, mom. My wife doesn't really listen, so it's just my mom. My wife doesn't listen uh, either, although she doesn't even listen to me when I say anything anyway, so well, it, yeah, doesn't, you know. it doesn't matter. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I'm Andros Surgeon. And I'm Justin Womack. And we are the Marketing Geeks. Woo! The show. That was a weird woo. That was... That was Didn't come out right. You hurt my... Woo! Yeah. Marketing Geeks. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey man, uh, so so you 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 have been getting into some funny business lately, and uh, tell me all about this new pyramid scheme and why your essential oils uh, should be part of my diet plan. Tell me what, what were you saying? I love I love the framing job. I couldn't I couldn't be a setup nicer <laughs> for me. Uh, yes, yes. The uh, let me tell you about the latest pyramid scheme and how you too can get involved. Um, no, what, what I do want to talk about is I want to talk about virtual land. So you've probably heard about this. You've probably read about this. Have you seen this? Have you heard this? Virtual land. I, I have, I, I have heard a little bit about this and, uh, I, 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 of course, the second I heard it, I thought this is stupid. But, but then again, the first time I ever heard about Bitcoin when it was like 70 bucks a coin and this guy was like evangelizing it, telling me, you need to buy as many of these as possible. And I was like, what is this virtual money? I don't, it doesn't, doesn't make any sense. And so, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, what's interesting is, okay, so these articles that have come out recently about how investors are spending millions of dollars to grab virtual land in the quote unquote metaverse, which is Mm -hmm. basically just like large multiplayer games on the on the internet is is really what they're calling the metaverse right now. Yeah, this is going to be as popular as 3D TV. I I don't know. I mean, here's the thing. So I I was skeptical, and I I went into Decentraland, which is one of the biggest. Uh, actually, it probably is the biggest um, market cap for a uh, for a crypto game right now. I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to to check that one, but it's it's up there. It's mm-hmm. one of the top ones. So it's called Decentraland, and I went to go check out the game. Because I was curious as to what inspired people to want to pay millions of dollars in some cases, or um, or hundreds of thousands, almost like the equivalent of real property, and in some cases probably more than you would pay to buy a house uh, to buy virtual land. And my conclusion is this: mm-hmm. it's like endless free advertising space. So. If you have a game and you can get into a high traffic area where players are going to be there a lot, you can you can put billboard you can treat it like billboards. You can create an NFT store to sell your NFTs in it. You can um, you can promote, and I saw a lot of people using their spaces already as promotional tools. Now, it's contingent on the popularity of the game 
and how much traffic. But if you think about it in terms of like what you would pay to own a billboard or what you would pay to run these ads, I mean, there are companies that pay millions of dollars a month to run ads. And if you're able to get a virtual land and use that continuously as an advertising platform, that's where I think a lot of the value is. And there's other ways that you can actually monetize it um, through the game without even without even the advertising value. But I see from a, from a marketing standpoint, I see the virtual land as like this potential for endless free advertising once you pay that initial buy-in fee. Um, but it depends on the longevity of the game and how popular yeah, the game is. Because there's going to be a lot of losers in this and you're, there's going to be people that pay a lot of money and then nobody's going to be playing, you know, one year from now, so... Yeah, and so let me just take one step back. So what you're talking about here is really like a like an open world type video game. Yeah, online multiplayer where you could see other players okay. around the world at the same time. Right, right. So so like a Fortnite or something like that. And what and what's the objective of this particular game? Do you just walk around and like? I I played it for like check out minutes. people's stuff. It, it was like right. they had little missions for you to follow. I mean, they were they're pretty. You know, I don't I don't know what the objective was, but <laughs> it <laughs> well, was, I, uh, I mean, this is but Fortnite too. I mean, so they're also doing these things where they're having like virtual concerts and virtual shows. Yeah, um, yeah, and even and in Decentraland they were doing a virtual like sponsored event. So they would everybody would conglomerate into this one area, and they would they would be promoting that company that promoted the event. Um, but for like, for Fortnite, I believe they've had some pretty famous people run concerts through the game. Yeah. Um, I have n- I've never played Fortnite. I don't know much about it. I need to learn more on that area, but, uh, um, yeah, it's, they're so, so here, but, but here's, here's the thing. So we're, we're, there, there's a lot of different, there's a lot to unpack here. Cause, cause first of all, what we're talking about is, is not connected to Facebook and what they're doing with Meta. And just to make that clear, the Metaverse was actually a, uh, the, the term Metaverse was an invention of a uh, of an author who wrote this book, Snow Crash. And uh, the name's escaping me because uh, remembering names is my fucking kryptonite but uh but but in snow crash he talks he talks about the metaverse and and where it's like this digital extension of your of yourself so uh that's that's of course what zuckerberg wants to corner and so he he's changing the name to that because he he his goal i think is to become the the evil corporation in ready player one i think that's ultimately (laughs) his goal but but the the truth is is that this the, the the metaverse is as he wants to own it he wants to like basically make it ubiquitous to anything that goes on online that's that's more in a virtual realm so uh so zuckerberg's trying to coin it but i don't think people are going to buy into it uh but there are other metaverses like the metaverse is just basically a connected universe so it could be mean anything so what you're talking about is it sounds like it's a it's a online game but yeah the question is are people going to play the game uh is it going to run into some issues because you're dealing with crypto within the game which makes it a uh a trading platform and then it comes under some regulations from government entities so that could be well, an issue that could happen however like the crypto is the wild wild west still and there are a lot of scams out there in crypto that are taking yeah. place every day. It, I mean, it is when you get in there and you realize like how many scams are out there. It's pretty nuts. Sure, and that, that's why I, I've been really hesitant to get into it because it's it's kind of like it's all speculation, right? All of it is really just 
it's like beanie babies. It it has the the value that we attach to it, and we all collectively agree it's worth this amount right now. And, and I I, uh, I I don't. It's an interesting concept, but 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 this whole idea of having like a space that you buy and then people have to kind of find their way to your virtual spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, it's, it's, it's kind of strange to me. However, that said, I also love this idea because I think that this idea of being able to create virtual spaces that become works of art in, in their own right, uh, it, it could give rise to a whole new form of artistry. Um, however, the, the alarm bells that go off with me on all of this is more dystopian. And, and when we start having a culture that seems more infinite and more interesting, within a virtual space without, uh, and then kind of giving up on, on our current world, which seems like it's on fire, then, then I feel that there's a, a danger to slip into some sort of, you know, crazy, rusty cyberpunk future where everything's rusty, but techno, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I suppose so. So the, uh, so I bought my first piece of virtual land not too long ago, by the way. Okay. And okay. It's in a game called Sin City which is supposed to be like the crypto version of Grand Theft Auto. That's the uh, Mm -hmm. goal of the game. It, you know, I I have my doubts just looking at the demos they released and how great it's going to be or if it's going to be good or not. But what's interesting is when you have the land, you'll have the option to rent it for people to use for like events. Uh, They have to pay you um, if they wanted to use that land for a week or something, you could do, you you have a market to rent it. You have a market to just flip it and make a profit because a lot of times these lands are just going up in value on speculation alone. Uh, You also have the option to now uh, buy a business license and you can run businesses in, in this game, including classy businesses like strip clubs and brothels apparently so oh yeah yeah i could you know what i could probably buy a baby on that on that platform by the sounds of it yeah i mean it, it's it, it depends i mean if it gets a fraction of the percent of, of popularity the grand theft auto got you know it'd be a good investment um it's very 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 high risk very speculative you don't say and one of the big problems is that we don't have like the developers that are working on a crypto project are not the same caliber of game designers not necessarily and it doesn't and i'm reading the bios of a lot of the the team members probably not at the same level of game development i'm assuming i could be wrong well i don't know i mean a lot of game developers are are not paid very well uh and they're they're worked to death okay but uh that's a that's a different subject well well here okay so so i want to take a step back and 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 I want you to give me like a use case. Like, if I'm, how would you how would you apply this to like a business, like an outside business? So if you if you were if you were hired by a company to say, we want you to give us like some real estate, like how can we use that? What what's your pitch on that? How would you how would you use this technology to to help you you or your business? I mean, I think. In this case, like if we're talking about like the Sin City game, it would just be like the value of a billboard, brand awareness, rep- uh, repetition of seeing a brand over and over and then running some kind of, if there's a way to do it, finding a way to retarget them somehow. Uh, I don't know that you'll be able to do that given the new updates and privacy and given that this is not a advertising platform to begin with. But um, I, I see I see the value as just you're treating it as if, it's a billboard in a high traffic area. Um, you're uh-huh. getting you're getting brand impressions over and over yeah. and over, and and eventually there might be ways to you know, monetize more directly um, for people that are flipping NFTs. I think that's a pretty valuable thing to be able to just flip your NFTs, sell your NFTs right there on the spot. 
So I, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm so new to the NFT thing that I'm learning as I go. Um, you know, I feel like I was getting a good, as a good grip, I was getting a good grip on like the, on the tokens and staking and all that. And now, I, now I've dove like headfirst into the NFT, uh, crypto gaming metaverse, quote unquote metaverse world. And it's, uh, a whole nother game so <laughs> wow man what a rabbit hole and uh but you're not going to become like a crypto bro are you oh dude it's happening it's already happening i am a crypto bro <sighs> oh no oh no are you listening to joe rogan and everything are you like are you that far gone or well i, I have to because i'm a crypto dude now oh man i mean i, I you know it's funny is like okay so when you get into crypto you find out that like i had never really used telegram much but like uh-huh. every token that's ever been invented has like a telegram channel on the telegram app um and uh-huh. it's it's really valuable if you want to stay up to date like one of the hardest things about like the nft market is you to, in order to be profitable you really have to mint your nfts meaning you have to get them when they're created and you can't like buy them on the secondary markets if you're buying mm-hmm. them on the secondary markets um it's too late it's, well you know I, I say that but it, it's some of these ones have exploded anyway um yeah. but it, for the most part it's a much higher risk put it that way <laughs> And finding those mint dates is a full-time job. Yeah. You got to either be on Twitter. Yeah. You got to be on Telegram. You got to be on Discord. Those are like the three big ones for crypto, Discord, Telegram, and um, and Twitter. And you got to be like, you got to put in a lot of time, man. It's a, it's a lot of time to try to keep up. Do you, do you know why I haven't gone down, like the gotten into crypto? Do you know why? It's this. It's this very reason. It's the same reason that, that I could never be like a transgender woman i i could because oh i already know what you're gonna say then what no I'm just kidding i don't the time it takes the time it, it's it's just like uh, the, the amount of time it takes to like prune your stuff and look into it and like do the research and tutorials and oh man i'm trying I'm, I'm just i'm trying to learn dutch and get my driver's license here it's, you know? it's just for that, that, that it's that hail mary prayer shot for that you know, 100x uh, NFT that you stumble upon. Like last year, we had the Bored Ape Yacht Club, which are essentially they're JPEG images that you're, you know. You, oh, yeah. And they were, um, so when they minted, so I was watching a video of this guy that runs uh, JRNY Crypto. And he uh, went, he minted like 40 of them for 0.1 Ethereum each. So like for four Ethereum, he minted 40 Bored Ape Yacht Club uh, NFTs. And yeah. they went up. Right now, they're trading at seventy-eight Ethereum per one, and seventy-eight Ethereum is, I think, Ethereum trading around thirty-two hundred dollars right now. So, uh, seventy-eight times thirty-two hundred, you're talking about like in the two hundred thousand range per board ape. So that, so that guy did okay uh, on the returns. It's just nuts on um, the stuff that can happen when you hit a home run like that. Yeah, and those are very, very rare, but it's uh, they are happening. Yeah, I, I, uh, I'm, uh, I'm at a loss. I mean, it's, <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's one of these moments where I, I see the direction of everything, and I guess maybe this is just because I'm turning into an old man. But you know, the, the, I'm at that point now where I'm like, what the hell are the kids doing these <laughs> days? You know, I mean, it's, it's kind of blowing my mind because I'm suddenly sounding like my father. Well, the other uh, ones that are interesting are there's other NFTs that are you basically buy the JPEG or whatever. Yeah. But then you, what they do is they attach like access on the back end of owning it so when you have the ownership you get certain benefits like tom bilio who runs impact theory if you've ever heard of uh that i think he he was like one of the co-creators of quest bars when they first came out the low carb uh protein bars and 
if you if you buy his founders NFT pass, you have um, they have like three different tiers, but you get I think access to like all his virtual events for life, and you get um, access to him in like a private Discord area or something like that, like direct access to him and a few of his top team members. And it, it, so they're selling basically the NFT that's coupled with this like extra access, and that kind of that's where I see okay well, that actually makes sense. Now there's actually like a utility vet. Now, now there's a real value attached to this thing. It's not just a JPEG. Now, you know, or- for, for those uninitiated, uh, please explain exactly what an NFT is. So an NFT, and I think we, we, I think we did this last episode like real briefly, but it's non-fungible token. And those, those are words I, I wouldn't even be able to translate except having to look them up. <laughs> um, <laughs> but essentially what it is, is it's a... I say a certificate of authenticity for the ownership of a digital item or often a collector's item. So uh, it'd be like, this is your... It's like a certificate of authenticity, like a digital certificate of authenticity. Or or ownership. Yeah, a certificate of authenticity or ownership. It's just proof. It's just something that... So it says that you own this and no one else can own this. And it's on the blockchain. So there's there's a record... So, I mean, it used to be a much more efficient way to do like trademarks and, um, and copywriting, you know, in the future, like, cop, you know, copyright law. Um, so it, it's kind of like it's kind of like you have that uh, that marriage partner who is, uh, you know, you're married to someone who you find out has been on Tinder and <laughs> just had sex with a, a thousand guys. Right. A thousand. Uh, wow. but, but you have the marriage certificate. So that marriage certificate that's the NFT. Well, right. The other thing is that, I mean, there's a debate about like somebody could take a picture. Of not, a not that I'm slut shaming. Cause you know, those two may have an agreement and they, not, they may be fine. Why would you so I'm that? not, I'm, I, I wouldn't do that. Anyway, continue, please. So there's a debate over if you take a picture of something and you, you claim like that you're selling it as part of this NFT ownership, um, does the digital record, translate to the physical good also and i I don't there's no laws around this thing so again it's like in theory it it's a cool concept and it has a lot of potential applications and i think and i really think it's going to be completely disrupting the the movie space the music space any anything that you do anything you're just like kind of paying for downloads it's a much easier way to track and to distribute royalties and things like that. Well, you know, and, and there's, there's, it's also, uh, you know, to get into the marketing aspect of this, cause I'm, I'm, I'm in the middle of, uh, finishing my novel right now. And, uh, I'm looking at, at, at releasing it hopefully this year. But one of the things I'm thinking about is like, okay, traditional publishing, if it's, if, if it's, if somebody's interested in it, but, you know, being able to market, uh, the book by myself and I can have NFTs for like different edited versions of it. You know, if it, if, if it turned into something that was, uh, popular, let's say those NFTs would actually be worth quite a bit of money. I want to bring something up real quick. Cause you said that, um, so you may have read about this where Quentin Tarantino has, um, behind the scenes footage from Pulp Fiction that he has wanted to auction off as NFTs and uh, never before seen, he claims. And the Miramax is suing and saying you can't do that, but he's going to proceed anyway. You know, if Miramax sues you, though, you just go like, hey, that's Harvey Weinstein's company, people. That's Harvey Weinstein's <laughs> company. Remember him? 
Yeah, but it, it's kind of, it's kind of interesting though. It's a, it's a, and and I'll tell you why Quentin Tarantino is going to go for it, because they when he signed a contract, he probably read that contract, and it probably was you know like like digital rights and blah 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 blah. Mm-hmm. But there was nothing nothing about this because there was it, this technology didn't exist in 1992 or whatever. They didn't write a clause about NFTs. That's crazy. Yeah. So so I I would assume that. Uh, that they can't they can't stop him because he probably technically owns the behind the scene footage. Uh, I think you're right, but let me tell you what's interesting about this particular one because they're running this on um, a, a new token or a new um, blockchain network called Secret Network. And what's uh-huh. interesting is the way the Secret NFT Secret Networks NFTs work are that only the owner of the NFT can actually view the footage. So, so oh, like. If you were to, you know, a lot of the times you can list your NFT on a marketplace and people could just look at the JPEG and they could see it and all that. But in this case. So basically it's a password. It's <laughs> Hey, stop simplifying it, man. This is special. <laughs> it's yeah, it's a password protected uh, video file. And this never before yeah. happened. Audros yeah. stealing my glory here. It sounded so cool when I said it. <laughs> But you know, it, it's it's. Uh, but this is the thing that I find really, really fascinating, especially with NFTs. And even even you know, I have my skepticism with uh, with with crypto in general. Uh, however, it's definitely becoming more mainstream. In fact, there's uh, I think it was uh, God. What was the country? Venice was it Venezuela that that decided to go all crypto? It's been kind of a disaster. But yeah, I think I think it was. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, and then there's been there's been uh, other uh, uh, other countries that are dealing with like more direct payment apps, and uh, it's interesting to see how even you know Lehman Brothers is getting into crypto now, and uh, governments are are you know have their own mining farms. The, you know in China, I know they're shutting down farms, but they have like you know thousands of farms themselves, and they're mining crypto like crazy. And and so and, and Russia's uh, signed a deal with Ethereum, and they're they're mining a ton of Ethereum. So it's 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 kind of interesting because uh, there will come a moment when it will just be accepted, yeah. right? And I'm not sure exactly what that looks like. But but when I can go to Seven Eleven and get my Slurpee, uh, you know, uh, or my Big Gulp or whatever with a uh, with crypto. Uh, or, or pay my rent. It, it's gonna, it's gonna change everything because what people don't really get with this technology, and the reason why there, there are certain forces is trying to fight it from happening, uh, is that once this particular technology becomes adopted, uh, we don't need banks anymore. Uh, the banks are there really to help with federal regulation, but the the rules are are out the window now, thanks to you know, the uber rich. Theoretically, we don't need real estate agents anymore because we could do an entire real estate transaction right there on the blockchain without all that other That's right. Um, underwriting and without all the all those other whole concepts taking place because we actually have the blockchain to act as the um, escrow company in a sense. So it's like- Sure. And it, it, would, it, could, it could even happen where it's an, almost impossible to pirate anything, you know, because uh, you have to have an NFT to play it on your system. I could see that type of thing happening. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, there, there's a lot of applications. What, I mean, with blockchain, one of the most uh, incredible applications to me would be voting because uh, you could build an absolutely secure voting system and I could vote and I could actually in real time follow my vote all the way to the tally and make sure that it it 
it was exactly what I voted for. It'd be it, like with the, with blockchain voting, it would be impossible to uh, forge any votes because every single voting person would get a token. And that token can be spent on your phone. You could vote on your phone. You could vote anywhere you want. And, and it, once you spend your token, you voted. Uh, and it's, it, it, those, that could be easily, you know, biometrically, uh, safe. And, and, and so there's a lot of applications this has the, the problem with it is that it solves so many problems. The people who are making money from creating the problems <laughs> will no longer be able to make money anymore. And they'll probably end up in jail. So that's that last part was just my wishful thinking. Well, one problem that I see is that a government is very unionized yeah. and unions have value. They have a purpose, but they also kind of hold back young people and prop up longevity. And the problem with the technology space is that it's not always the best move. <laughs> but when you have a, when you have a unionized uh, government that is uh, very much putting all their emphasis on the older workers, then there's no open space to, to bring in top crypto mines into these, uh, in these positions that could potentially have a bigger impact on bringing this into our society until uh, pretty much until they age up. Yeah. I mean, I mean, the, the, the thing is, is that if, if they created say a crypto dollar, yeah, they probably like will U S government, they're talking about it, but if they did, uh, and people invested in like, that's something that people could invest in and they can use it to pay off, uh, you know, some of the, the, the debt, uh, the, you know, you, the more you invest, the more it comes back to you later. It, 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 you know, the way they used to do with bonds. I think, I think that there's a, uh, there's definitely a, a market, uh, an opening for, you know, and I think that that part of solving the problems uh, that the world has right now has a lot to do with, with in investing in uh, implementing this type of technology. Uh, and so, you know, that's, that's why I, I truly believe the next thing that needs to happen is a global revolution. If we can, if we can start dealing with each other individually and uh, you know, not, really rely on the government we shouldn't rely on the government anyway nowadays because everything's on fire and there's no one in charge anymore it's just like a bus that's on fire driven by monkeys that's you know driving us over a cliff uh but but i think i think that that part of the global revolution needs to be like understanding the role of government which is really to just make sure that the rules are 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 all being followed. And part of the way that we can simplify the way that the rules work is simply with this, with blockchain technology. I mean, taxes, you could pay your taxes and see exactly where your tax dollars go. It would be impossible to, uh, to forge where, where money goes. That'd be incredible right there. Yeah. Yeah. The transparency that's possible. Now that, that transparency would not be wanted by certain parties, I think. Of course <laughs> but... not. Yeah. And the thing, the thing is with, with doing these types of transactions is I can follow where my money goes and you could even have legal enforcements that say, Hey, this particular, here's my transaction. It went to this wallet. Uh, you know, I didn't get my goods or services. Yeah. I mean, there's ways that we we can we can safeguard that. Well, even on the NFT market, so like okay, so like just like the top NFT market right now is called OpenSea. But if you ever look at NFTs on OpenSea, they they have a full history of from from the mint date of that NFT to every sale. So you know exactly how much profit the person's making when you make the purchase. Even I mean, that's that's unheard of in in anywhere else. Yeah, but they, it's just fully open because it's on the blockchain. We we ha we have to be transparent about our money uh, in this world now. I mean, it's just there's too many people. There's too many people who are uh, taking advantage of the systems, and uh, that's the again global revolution. It's going to happen 2024, ladies and gentlemen, and uh, that's when uh, the people will rise up 
and then we will uh, meet our uh, brothers and sisters from uh, the Andromeda Galaxy. They'll come, they'll visit us. Wow. <laughs> yeah, so you think we're going to have a global revolution in 2024? I, I actually, here's, here's my prediction, because remember, I called, I, I called like two years before it happened that uh, that that uh, Donald Trump was going to do something when he lost the election. Uh, exactly what he did. Like, everyone get here and we're gonna like protect your president. Um, I think there, there was even, uh, we even played that clip last year, maybe uh, in our prediction episode. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so, so, uh, so my prediction is that uh, Donald Trump will run again and uh, he will probably not win, however, he will take the uh, the office anyway. You think Hillary Clinton will be his opponent? <laughs> I mean, it's looking more and more likely, believe it or not. No, no, it's uh, there's a big push about her. Like, yeah, the last this last week, they've been like really, really putting her back. Not in, not um, by legitimate sources. Not by legitimate. That could be. Yeah. So so anyway, I I, I do think that uh, that there's going to be a huge shakeup in 2020, uh, 2022, This this coming election. Uh, and there's going, but, and, and in the meantime, you, you have this collision course with the, uh, January 6th commission and they're finding out all sorts of interesting things. And, uh, but is anything going to happen? Uh, are people going to be held accountable or not? I don't know. I mean, uh, it, it, this is, this is really a, a, a defining moment for America, which is really a defining moment for the rest of the world. Uh, so I'm, I'm, uh, I'm watching history unfold and uh, I, I do think that at some point there's going to be a moment when people globally will just say, you know what, we've all had enough and and uh, we're tired of, of the show being run by lunatics. And I think that that there's going to be something that will like I could see it being like a virtual space or an app or something that really connects people somehow or even some new type of technology. But uh, what do I know, man? I'm just like a dude. You know, you're a crypto guy. I'm just like a illustrate just how crazy yeah. politics have gone. Yeah. Um, like a week or two ago, like Dick Cheney came to the Senate or the House or Congress and, and was like being hugged by Democrats and greeted and like high fived. And like, and that, I mean, that is a bizarre thing to have to see him embraced at all by oh a, a handful of pretty prominent Democrats is weird because you know most of us know a little bit about the history of uh, of Dick Cheney at least you know like the kind of hated relationship that is you know in the media between Democrats and him so it, it's just is weird to see that and especially cuz I'm you know um I'm almost 40 and I remember the 2000 um you know 2000 and 2004 elections well and the the sentiment around Dick Cheney and it, it wasn't positive, and I don't think it is now either. Yeah, but. yeah, it's it's weird to think that we had an administration. His daughter, maybe. I mean, I guess that's. I don't uh, know. I, you know what? I maybe it's just it's just like, man, we we thought you were bad, but let me tell you, you were great in comparison. You know, I mean, it's just <laughs> it's just one of those things. I don't know. It's just weird. Yeah, there's there, there are plenty of potential explanations, but it's just a weird thing to see. It's bizarro. Well, moving right along, I, I I would like to introduce a new uh, a, a new segment which I call uh, Andres's conspiracy theory of the week. Good music. I, I don't even have theme music. It's so new. Dum, ba, ba. So uh, just, just sing it. 
Okay, okay. It's Andres's conspiracy segment. Yeah, so they go. Okay, so so uh, uh, I, I, you know, I I love conspiracy theories, but I used to love them when they were more about Bigfoot and Elvis being alive. Uh, but uh, I do find I do find the Q phenomenon quite interesting, and so every week there seems to be like a new thing. So, uh, so the newest conspiracy theories for those of you who, who really shouldn't be following any of this stuff uh, is that uh, the new COVID cure is urine. Really, and it seems to be that that the uh, the Q verse has been passing the messages along that if you want to stop corona dead in its tracks you should be drinking urine at least once a day human urine your own urine or like is there you know cat urine cat urine dog i mean what are we talking here I mean, someone else's <laughs> urine i don't know i think you i'm not into that I, your own urine you got you got to drink your own urine and is it because of the midichlorians uh i i i believe it's because there's some troll who's just like oh my god i wonder if i can get people to drink their own urine and just knows how to it's like working. So, uh, uh, so that was kind of interesting. We lost Bob Saget this week, which is quite sad. He was very, very funny. Uh, and, uh, he went back to comedy. He hadn't done comedy in a while. He wanted to do a live show. He did a set. He killed it. He was so happy. He went to bed and just fell asleep. I mean, honestly, it's the best way to die. It's like, you know, I'm going to do one last show and just die in my sleep. I mean, and he had he posted he posted just hours before his death about yeah. like how grateful he was for the show, and it was a really nice post. He's an interesting guy because he was like one of the most wholesome comics ever, while simultaneously being like among the most dirty comics ever. So <laughs> dirty. He was so raunchy uh, outside of uh, America's Funniest Home Videos. And Full House. Yeah, and Full House. But uh seemed like a very sweet guy. I mean, everybody has been uh, saying a lot of beautiful things about him. Uh, however, if you uh, are, are reading the, uh, the conspiracy uh, read subreddit, uh, they will have you believe that uh, Bob Saget, he took the uh, booster like two days before he died. And so did Betty White. Two days before she died. So Betty White was 99 years old. Betty White was 99 years old. She had a good run. That one has plenty <laughs> of uh plausible excuses. So that's a that's that was not one that the um anti-vaxxer should King Philip, you know, the 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 queen's wife, uh apparently uh also took the vaccine a few days before he died. Uh and so did Bob Saget. So basically what it comes down to is if you die. It's because you took the vaccine. That's it. It's the only reason. Except if you die of COVID, then you didn't take the vaccine. So <laughs> take your pick your poison, I guess. Um, yeah. Most of the most of the debates you see about this are just like nobody's ever going to change their side. I mean, this is for anything, I guess. Like no one's ever going to change their side. Like there's so much energy being expended to try to convince people one way or the other. Events will play out. Yeah. Reality will unfold before your eyes. And there's no point in debating it if you're so married to a certain belief system. Yeah. I mean, uh, you got to do what I did. I just made up my own belief system because it's, 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 mine's funny. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I, I and it, you know, it's, it's great. I can, I, I just, what I need to do is I need to figure out how to turn my belief system into a, a religion so I can live tax free. And an NFT too. Yeah, yeah. Each belief could be its own NFT. Oh, whoa! That now that 
that, my friend, now I have to give me a pen. This is it. <laughs> write this down right now. Everybody at home, stop your cars, pull over, write down this idea. Turn your beliefs into NFTs. Because okay, okay, okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get. Here, here we go. Here, first of all, first of all, the uh, the first disciple gets the number one NFT. Okay, so what was my quote from like a year or two ago? Like, if you can exploit fear, you can monetize it. Maybe we need to your fears as NFTs. Oh, oh, if you can, if you can generate fear, you can monetize it. That's. Uh, and maybe if I can make fear NFTs, that could be good for me. No, no, you get disciples and every disciple gets an NFT to prove membership. And every disciple can trade their NFT. So if you want to trade your NFT, you got to donate that money to the church, whatever you're trading it yeah. for. And they'll be excommunicated for doing that. But, you know, that's OK. But the new person will be welcomed in. Ooh, cancel your NFT. Yeah. The new person that paid more money, they're coming in. The person that profited is they're out. And and because because if you have under under an amount of those NFTs, because you of course you can buy more NFTs. If you have under the amount, uh, then you don't get to go to heaven. I'm sorry. This is the prosperity gospel 2.0, man. It's like God God wants you to be rich, uh, crypto rich. Uh, you know what's funny is like they could the church should be like asking to see blockchain wallets and being like, hey, how's that tithing going? Ooh. I don't see 10% on the blockchain being donated to the church. <laughs> Man, we are, we are, uh, we are far, we have far too many morals uh, because <laughs> I'm like, there's a part of me that would, that's jumping on this idea and, uh, and I'm, I'm ready to do it with you, man. We can, you, you could be like high, the high priest crypto guy. <laughs> oh, I like it. Now there's another story I wanted to bring up because you may remember GameStop, that near bankrupt company that by all normal metrics should have gone bankrupt, especially in 2020. Well, they're still trading their stock at over $100 per share, and they just announced a plan to reorganize the entire company around NFTs. Specifically, this would be around gaming NFTs. The sky's kind of the limit because we have the ability to customize characters in a way where scarcity can legitimately be enforced. So maybe there's only so many NFTs to wear a, to have your avatar wear a certain outfit, um, to possess a certain weapon in the game, to, uh, or even to own land in the game, the virtual land we've talked about before. And that's all handled through the NFT market. So I think there's a there's a big opening here for GameStop. And um, recently, Ubisoft became the first major video game developer to uh, to adopt NFTs through a, a little mini project they did. Uh, it was called Ubisoft Courts. And by a lot of accounts, it's considered a failure, but it still broke that that barrier that it hadn't been broken. Um, where for the game Ghost Recon, you could mint either a, um, a gun, a body armor, uh, a specific body armor with a serial number on it, same with a gun, uh, or a, a certain type of mask. I forget what it was exactly. That was done on the Tezos network, which is a, a separate blockchain. And it, it just shows, again, what's possible. So this is probably, this is version one, it's kind of a failure, but that's what's possible. And GameStop is timing this very, very well. Now, talk about talk about a marketing pivot that was absolutely brilliant. 
I mean, because out of nowhere, I mean, GameStop, uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, Wall Street wanted to short it, meaning they were expecting GameStop to go out of business because uh, nobody was, you know, they were brick and mortar video game stores. And uh, with Steam and, and uh, all these other, like, you don't buy video games anymore. You buy them online. And it's the way it goes. Uh, so they were looking like a very dire story. And, and then all of a sudden, uh, they became a meme stock and people just bought into it. And they- Wall Street bets. Wall Street they, bets. Yeah, they, they yeah. really, they, the, the people that were shorting it, meaning they were expecting it to go down, it went up. And, they, and a lot of people on Wall Street lost money. And a lot of these crypto bros- uh, made a ton of money, and, including uh, me, who made who, like I made a good amount of money. And then, and then, what happened? I mean, I, I, hey, I'm not talking about my whole investment portfolio. <laughs> I'm talking about this one deal. I did so, well on this one. So, uh, so then, uh, uh, now it sounds like they're they're actually leaning into the whole crypto uh, meme space and uh, creating a service for that world. And I, I think. It's man, it, it would be so funny if GameStop became like this huge company. Uh, like legitimately now? Like legitimately. AMC, too. AMC has to follow suit. The, the only way that AMC is going to, to, or any movie studio or theaters are going to make any money is if they're bought by either Amazon or Disney. And then for two bucks more a month, you get your, you get a ticket to the movie theater. I, I still think that it could work if they, only show big budget movies and they they get rid of like half their screens and just make gigantic ex- experiential i think we talked about this but gigantic experiential screens that are not not the not the uh shaking seats but just like big screens imax um great sound luxury seating nice ventilation in the room to you know for people to feel safe and and they make if they make that the focus and they charge you know three x even if it's like I don't know maybe not three x could be like thirty forty even if it's thirty forty bucks and people are just going like I don't know man I think a month I, maybe like they treat it more like a theater show right it's like a theater show let, you know it, it's like it's like Disney just released Encanto and they didn't even bother with the theaters and their their Pixar's you know their their next Pixar film is coming directly to streaming do we know the numbers though was it was that the right was that successful for them or. You know, they're continuing to expand. It doesn't matter as long as, yeah, you know, I, I, I pay my seven bucks a month, you know, and, and, uh, I don't watch, I don't actually don't watch it. It's the least of the streaming services that I watch. Uh, so you watch it uh, mainly for like the Spider-Man cartoons because Jacob, man, he loves that. Stuff. Yeah. And I, I, uh, th- there are some good, good, uh, shows on there. Tangent, tangent alert. Yeah. Okay. So Jacob loves Venom yeah. and Venom for anyone who doesn't know, Venom is like the, opposite version of spider-man he's like the dark spider-man it's basically like a lovecraftian version of spider-man yeah with a with teeth with an open mouth and teeth and a big tongue (laughs) um but okay so in season three of this new spider-man show that like the newest one is it's called uh maximum venom and it's like a a symbiote invasion where like all the heroes and avengers are getting infected with venom goo you know and are becoming venomized and so Casbro or whoever makes the toys these days was like, hey, this is brilliant. Now we can make people buy every single toy again, but the Venomized edition. <laughs> and now, you know, having my my son being like in love with Venom, we have like eight like repeat characters now. We have like a Venomized Hulk. I got Venomized Spider-Gwen, Venomized Miles Morales, Venomized Spider-Man. Oh, man. Plus Carnage and Venom. I don't know. I thought it was funny. I can't I can't get my kid into into the Marvel thing. He's not. He's just not into it. No? Nah. Uh, mine is already in love with it. 
he he has discovered Roblox though, and like he's way into that. So now I have to have the conversation with him. That's like if anybody says anything to you that's weird. In fact, if anybody says anything to you on this platform, let me know, and I will you know. But you know what's interesting? Take it away from you. You know, your son has the potential to make a career out of video games that that did not exist for us. Yeah, um, we had the potential of wasting our lives through video games, but not, uh, not building a career through them. Like uh, that, that that's available now <laughs> to the youth. There are people that are yeah. making good money either as streamers or professional gamers. And now with the crypto market, they could be like gamer investors, uh, potentially. Well, I, 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 I will tell you this. I will dig dug the fuck out of anybody. So, <laughs> you know, I, I will, I will, I promise. I actually, um, uh, I, I'm getting into the gaming scene, but that's a, a whole other topic. But uh, uh, anyway, anything else you got going uh, before we wrap up another edition of uh, Marketing Geeks? I think we got. Uh, I think we covered the the good stuff here. Um, I'm just keeping my eyes closed on the crypto market. The crypto market is down pretty good for the month of. Uh, I think at the end of December through January, it's had a pretty big dive. Um, but I, I don't. I don't see. Th- any signs yet of um, of any kind of like imminent collapse or crash? And not until government regulation or or new laws pass would that I think create a um, like a real slowdown of the of what of crypto. And yeah. and I'm thinking that's probably not happening quite yet. That's coming. It's definitely coming. They already have and in the um, in Joe Biden's uh, infrastructure bill. There was legislation introduced, but it doesn't. I believe it doesn't go into effect until like 2025 or something. Um, so there's still there's still a, a long enough gap there where that is kind of irrelevant so far. So it, it's uh, yeah, we just got to keep an eye out. If anyone's investing in crypto, keep an eye out on what the government's doing because I think at some point they're going to make it. They're going to crack down, and it will create an opportunity for those who uh, foresee it. If you have insider information, of course. <laughs> Yeah, forward, forward it to Justin and me. <laughs> um, it'll create an opportunity though, where you know there'll be good good dips to buy and and get in on uh, on crypto, so that um, that you weren't able to get in because because the prices got too out of control. Uh, but ultimately, I, I mean, I believe in crypto. Um, it may take another decade, but I, I I really believe that this is where everything's going. Um, the idea of Web3 and tokenized websites, tokenized economies, tokenized creators, I, I think that's the future, uh, at least at least for now, until uh, until something else disrupts crypto. <laughs> Which all we have to do is just wait another week. So, yeah, right? um, yeah. <laughs> so ladies and gentlemen, from lockdown, I'm Andro Sturgeon. And from California, which is actually not locked down presently, I'm... Justin Womack. (laughs) We're the Marketing Geeks. Have a great day. Out. Marketing Geeks, come on, bring your friends. We'll learn marketing from distant lands. Andre Sturgeon and Justin Womack. The fun will never end. It's Marketing Geeks. Marketing Geeks.